Amen. Let's take our Bibles, please, and turn to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. Continuing on from Sunday night, looking at the rapture. Many Christians hope the rapture is before the tribulation period. But they're just not sure because they don't know how to prove it. So that's what we're looking at once again tonight. How do we prove it? How do we know just as certain as we're saved that the rapture is before the tribulation period? Well, if we can get it down clearly in our hearts from the word, then we'll have that answer. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 19. And Brother Jim, would you lead us in prayer, please, sir? Heavenly Father, we're grateful for the opportunity to be here tonight. We thank you for the freedom we have. Yes. Father, through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, Amen. Father, we just ask that you would work in our hearts tonight, speak to our hearts through your word. And Father, as we go over this uh, about the church and the tribulation and when we're going to be gone, Father, just help us to get that down in our hearts that we can share with other folks. Just guide and direct now, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 19. Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. So we're going to do a little review from Sunday night. Hopefully, if you didn't quite grab it Sunday night, um, you can get it down. Um, Brother Jim's grandmother was a teacher, and uh, she said the key to learning is repetition. So hopefully I won't bore you with a repetition. Hopefully it'll just solidify in your heart um, this so you can explain it to others if need be. So verse 19, write the things which thou hast seen. That was chapter one. He was seeing the Lord walking amongst the churches. Okay, then uh, chapter one, verse 19 says, uh, and the things which are. The things which are is chapters 2 and 3. That was the present condition of the churches, the seven churches. So the Bible itself gives us the outline for the book of Revelation. Things which you've seen, chapter 1. The things which are, chapters 2 and 3. And then from verse 19, and the things which shall be hereafter. So the Lord didn't keep us wondering, well, where, is, where does that part of the outline start? Well, uh, notice there in chapter 4, verse 1. Chapter 4, verse 1, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was, as it were, of a trumpet talking with me, which said, what? Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be when? Hereafter. hereafter. So that's when the hereafter part of the outline. So that would be chapter 4 through chapter 22. Um, in... Uh, let's see here. I was going to bring up to you um, one other point. Maybe it'll come to me here So that I didn't have written down. Okay, so we're here in chapter 4. Then. Now here's the hereafter. Okay, remember what we saw about verse 1. After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened where? In heaven. In heaven. And the first voice which I heard was, as it were, of what? a trumpet talking with me, which said, what? Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. So we looked at the very similarity between the language of this and the verses dealing with the rapture. You've got the trumpet 
You've got heaven open. You've got the command to come up. Um, so let's look at one of those verses, if you hold your place here. 1 Thessalonians 4.16. 1 Thessalonians 4.16. So that, when we're familiar with the verses which deal with the rapture, uh, that is striking language to remind us of the rapture there. 1 Thessalonians 4.16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be what? Caught up. And remember, that's what rapture means. It means caught up. We shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet who? The Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. So as we go back to Revelation 4, 1. And so we find John verse 2, immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. So the, the situation here, we've had the churches are seen in chapter 1. The churches are seen in chapters 2 and 3. But from chapter 4 through the end of the tribulation period, which is chapter 19, we'll look at in a moment, um, you don't see the church. Suddenly, Christ is not being talked about in relation to his bride, he is suddenly referred to back in his relationship to the 12 tribes of Israel. He's called the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Um, if you look in chapter 7, chapter 7, in verse 3, and here's another aspect of it. Okay, so the tribulation period is getting going. We're into the seal judgments, and we'll go back and look at those when we get this down. Um, so we're into the seal judgments already now, and so God says, okay, at this point, wait a minute. We need to protect my people. Uh, who? Uh, verse 3, Revelation 7, 3, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and there were sealed in hundred and forty and four thousand of all the tribes of the children of who? Israel. Of the tribe of Judah were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Reuben were sealed twelve thousand. And on, it'll go through the tribes there. So God is protecting Israel. So, so then we went back into Romans chapter 11 and looked at how God likens us, the church, as being grafted in to the root. The root, the stock, is the lion of the tribe of Judah. It's Jesus Christ. And so we as Gentiles have been grafted in to um, that root of David. Um, we've been saved through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, but the Jewish people rejected, overall, rejected the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. They rejected him. They turned him over to Pilate, to the Romans. And so, as it were, they were cut off. It also describes them as having a veil over their face and not recognizing Christ as the Messiah. And so, through these years, the church age, um, they have been cut off. They, they have not been willing to recognize of the Lord Jesus Christ as their Messiah, as it is today. They, they still reject him. So um, 
So let's, uh, let's go then to chapter 19. So in chapter 4, verse 1, we find that John receives the call to go up. So John is looking at the whole tribulation period then from this heavenly vision. He's told to be caught up. John, who is a Christian, a part of the church, is not seeing the vision from earth. He's told to come up. And so he's seeing the vision of all the tribulation period from heaven, just like the church will see. Uh, we will see it from heaven. We will not be on earth to see it. We'll be in heaven and heaven watching it. So let's go to the end of the tribulation period then in chapter 19. So Revelation 4 through 19 is the tribulation period. And let's go to verse 19, chapter, Revelation 19, 19. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshiped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake burning with brimstone. And the remnant were slain with a sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. That is the end of the tribulation. That is the great battle at the end of the tribulation period, right there. So at that battle, we know from other scripture, we will be coming back with the Lord to be the victors, okay? Now what do we get into? Chapter 20 is the millennium. So remember in your mind, chapters 4 through 19 is the tribulation period. You don't see the church in any of that. Now, if the church was there, why wouldn't it mention? Why wouldn't it mention um, the church? The churches, I mean, they're mentioned in chapters 2 and 3 in great detail. Why is there no mention of the church in chapters 4 through 19? Well, because the church isn't here. Christians are not here. They've been caught up to be with the Lord. And with chapter 20, you begin the millennium, the thousand-year reign of Christ. Verse 1 of chapter 20, And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him how long? A thousand years. A thousand years. So during the rule and reign of Christ, the millennium upon earth, Satan is going to be bound. It's not going to be like now. He's not going to be deceiving people. He's going to be bound during that whole thousand years. At the end, he'll be loosed. Verse 3, And cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. Why? Um, because those people are going to have to face the same temptations and decisions that we we had the decision, we had the choice to make whether to follow the Lord Jesus Christ or continue to follow um, our father of lies, Satan. So we had that choice. They're going to have to make that choice. Verse 7, and when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be what? Loosed out of his prison 
and shall go out to what? Deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as what? Isn't that amazing? I mean, these people in the millennium have lived for a thousand years, and once again, long life is going to come back like before the flood. Um, the Bible talks about in prophecy that if someone dies at 100 years old, they'll be considered a child. So long life will be back. Remember, Methuselah lived to be 969 years, almost 1,000 years. So only saved people enter the millennium. We're going to look at Matthew 25 a little bit later. Only saved people, all the lost at, at the tribulation period at the end, which we read about in verses, chapter 19, 19 through 21, that is when the beast and the false prophet are going to be cast into the lake of fire and all of the unsaved people are going to be cast into hell. Um, a parallel to that, if you hold your place here, is Matthew 25. Matthew chapter 25, it's when Jesus sets up his kingly throne here. Matthew 25 and verse 31. Matthew 25, 31. When the Son of Man shall come in what? His glory and all the holy angels with him. Then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered what? All nations. All nations. And he shall separate them one from another as the shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. So then he deals with the sheep. Uh, and let's see. Uh, let's see, verse uh, 37. Uh, then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when we saw we thee and hungered and, and fed thee or thirsty and so on. And he says, when you've done it to one of the least of these, my brethren. Um, then he says in verse 41 to the lost, then shall he also say also unto them on the left hand, depart from me, ye cursed, into what? Everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And he goes through again. You didn't feed me. You didn't care because you didn't care for one of the least of my brethren. Verse 46, and these shall go away into what? Everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. That right there is what you see at the end of Revelation 19. That's the end of the tribulation period. It's when Christ comes back. People as the sand of the sea, after living under perfect rule and reign, are going to turn against Christ and follow the devil and his deception. So then, as we said, chapter 20, um, dealing with the thousand-year reign of Christ, at the end of that thousand-year reign of Christ is when you see in verse 11, Revelation 20, 11, you, is the great white throne judgment. End of the millennium. Satan goes out, is loosed, goes out to deceive people. The number of the sand of the sea. Then there's the great white throne judgment. Verse 11 of chapter 20. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead small and great stand before God. And the books were open and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, 
and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. The Bible talks about the people who face the great white throne judgment are going to experience the second death. Have you ever known anyone who died of a very painful death and was not saved? And people said, oh, they're finally out of their pain. Um, well, I don't care how painful I do care, but in regard to saying they're finally out of their pain, it doesn't matter how great the level of their pain was when they died, this second death is going to be far, far worse when they're cast into the lake of fire. Um, so that's the millennium. Um, chapter 21 is the new heaven and new earth. Look at verse 1, chapter 21. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. So chapters 21 and 22 is the new heaven and earth and the eternal state. We're not told a lot about the eternal state. Um, we're told some about the millennium, the thousand-year reign of Christ. We're not told a lot about um, the eternal state. So do you have it down in your mind? So chapter 1, verse 19, write the things which you've seen. Chapter 1, write the things which are, chapters 2 and 3. The church is seen, the churches, Christ is seen walking amongst the churches, chapter 1. Details are given about the churches in chapters 2 and 3. Chapter 4 comes, the very first verse, the call for John to go up. He's, he's, he has this heavenly call to go up to heaven. He's going to see all of this information about the tribulation period from heaven. No mention is made of the church. Chapters 4 through 19. End of the tribulation period. Chapter 20, the thousand-year millennium. Chapters 21 and 22, the new earth and the eternal state. Now John is brought back, and you look in chapter 22, chapter 22, verse 17. And the spirit and the bride say what? Come. Now, what is the bride? It's the church. The spirit and the bride say come. So now it's John is brought back, and now it's back to what we need to be doing. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is a thirst, come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Then there's a warning in verses 18 and 19 about the word of God, not adding or subtracting. Then verse 20 he which testifieth these things saith, Surely I what? Come quickly. Amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. So there are some people that teach that the rapture doesn't happen until the middle of the tribulation period. Um, my question to them then is why? We see, at, and we'll see this later, but at the midpoint of the tribulation period, Satan is banned from the heavenly realm. There's a war. Michael and his angels fight with the dragon and his angels. The dragon and his angels are cast out. Right now, Satan, it's just like in the book of Job. 
Satan has access back and forth to heaven, walking to and throw the earth, throw through to and fro through the earth, and he accuses us before God constantly, day and night. So isn't it horrible when we sin and we give him, uh, as it were, ammunition against us? Lord, when he goes, you know, when we give ourselves to sin and Satan goes and before the Lord, well, it's just a good thing we're covered by the blood. Uh, uh, but wouldn't you feel bad? Of course would. If we could see what's going on, but the, the minute that we give ourselves over to sin, if, if we could just see, you know, Satan hightailing it to God, accusing us. I mean, it would be like after Peter denied the Lord three times and then the cock crew and the Lord looked over at Peter. And what did Peter do? He wept bitterly. He wept bitterly. Surely we would do the same if we would just remember what is going on. Um, and, but at, at this, okay, so back to... Some people say the rapture doesn't happen until the midpoint of the tribulation period. Then why don't you see the church? If that's true, then why do we see in the first half of the tribulation period God protecting the 12 tribes of Israel and not Christians? That wouldn't make any sense. The church is not mentioned in the first half. Then there's others who believe in a post-trib rapture. Post meaning after. So, okay, well, if the, if the rapture doesn't happen until the end of the tribulation period, um, when the Lord Jesus Christ comes at the end of the tribulation period, we just saw it in chapter 19, and we just saw it in Matthew 25. At the end of the tribulation period, he's going to win the battle, and then he's going to set up his earthly kingdom. So where do you fit in the promise of John 14? Notice with me in John chapter 14. If, if, they, if they believe that the, the rapture doesn't happen until the end of the tribulation period, um, are you going to go back to heaven alone? Because the Lord isn't going back there right then. In John 14, verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will what? Come again. Come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, and where is he? Heaven. There you may be also. So do you get the picture? These people that teach the rapture doesn't happen, and so they teach Christians have to go all the way through the tribulation period, the seven-year tribulation period, and then at the end be raptured up by the Lord. Um, I'm sorry, but at that point, the Lord is not headed back that way. He's headed this way. At the end of the tribulation period, he's headed this way, and he's going to stay. He's going to have a thousand-year reign here, and then he's going to destroy this earth and create new heavens and earth. So um, there is there's absolutely nothing in the book of Revelation that would insinuate in any way that the church has to go through half of the tribulation period. It's it's not seen there. It's not mentioned at all. Um, so 
Um, the, best, the best proof, the easiest proof to remember is, is if you go back to Revelation 4. Revelation 4. If you can remember Revelation 1.19, the outline. So chapter 1, the things which you have seen. Chapters 2 and 3, the things which are. We know chapter 4 starts the things which must be here or which shall be hereafter because it says in verse 1, I will show thee things which must be hereafter. So that's the outline. The church is seen chapters 1, 2, 3. It's not seen in 4 through 19. 4 through 19, tribulation. How will you remember the chapter when the tribulation ends? Just look at the end of chapter 19. The Lord is winning the battle. He's casting the, the beast and the false prophet into the lake of fire. That's the end of the tribulation period. Chapter 20. How do you remember that chapter 20 is the thousand-year millennium? Starts right out talking about Satan being bound a thousand years. And at the end of the chapter, he's being loosed after the thousand years. That's the thousand-year millennial reign of Christ. Uh, chapters 21 and 22, the new heaven and earth and the eternal state. At the end, John is brought back and he's saying, um, you know what? The Lord even so come, Lord Jesus. He's coming quickly. Now, if, if we had to go through the tribulation period, then would you expect the Lord at any time? There's something about the tribulation period, too, that we should point out. Notice in Matthew 24. Um, sometimes people see the word tribulation in the Bible and they don't put it in context. And let's look at a few verses in that regard in just a few moments here. Okay, uh, Matthew 24, verse 21. It says, For then shall be what? Great tribulation. Great tribulation. Such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. So there's, there's coming a time of tribulation, not just, not just personal tribulation, not just in points, but covering the whole world. Um, notice in, with me in Revelation chapter 3. What's interesting is that um, just before the Bible deals with the church of Laodicea, which we looked at last week, we find the Lord knocking on the door of his own church, asking to be let in, which that shows you the spiritual state of those people. Excuse me. Um, but in uh, Revelation chapter 3, verse 11, actually, let's look at verse 10. So the promise to this church is, because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon what? All the world. All the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Now, is there a tribulation going on in the earth right now? Yes. Uh, you may face, you may be facing some right now. 
Um, I just read this week about in China, um, they're doubling down. They don't want any children attending church anywhere. And the article I was reading, um, they were talking about what it's doing is it's forcing more and more Chinese to be a part of the underground church. It's just meeting in homes. Uh, it's kind of like Jerusalem. You know, in Jerusalem, on the day of Pentecost, thousands of people got saved. But later on, Paul will write and say, um, so-and-so in the church in your house. So-and-so in the church in your house. After all those years? What happened to the thousands? Well, you know what? Jerusalem was always a place that persecuted Christians. Great persecution came upon the, the church at Jerusalem. And the, and the people, the Christians were scattered except the apostles. And that's when Philip went preaching to Samaria and uh, to the eunuch out in the desert. So the, the words just multiplied. And what you find then is the missionary center is actually in Antioch, not in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the place of tribulation against Christians and later on compromise. When Paul would go back there, James and the church there would try to get him to make as though he were going with some other Jewish people and offer a sacrifice to appease the Jews. Well, that was pure compromise. There's no need of another sacrifice. And Paul knew that. Jesus is the one sacrifice for our sins forever. But nonetheless, he went with those men, he compromised, and that's when he got thrown in jail. Um, they thought he brought uh, an Ephesian into the temple, a Gentile, and they jailed him. He was jailed for two years, and he ended up having to go to Rome and deal with that one. Um, so this here, this tribulation, he said in verse 10, is tribulation that's going to come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. So there's going to be tribulation scattered throughout the earth and has been. But the tribulation period is the time of the wrath of God being poured out on the whole earth. That is the difference. And notice the promise to this church then. In verse 10, God said, this faithful church, Philadelphia, he said, I'm going to keep you from the hour, verse 10. I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon what? All the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. That is tribulation talk. So how is he going to keep them? It does not say that I will keep you through the tribulation period. He said, I will keep you from, from the hour of temptation. Not through it, from it. How is he going to do that? Look at verse 11. Behold what? I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. That's how he's going to deliver them. He's going to take them. They're not have, he's going to deliver them from that tribulation period. Well, it's going to be on the whole world. So how, how are you going to be delivered from tribulation that covers the whole world? He's coming to get them. It's, that's rapture talk. And then what's interesting, he immediately then goes into the Laodicean church in verse 14, the church that he's, verse 20, he's outside of it. He's knocking on the door. He's asking to be let in. Well, we're out of time um, tonight, but 
we did a lot of review. Um, and so I just want you to think through that. There, for those people who say the Christians have to go through half of the tribulation period, um, the question is, why do you say that? Where do you get that? Because remember in your mind, from Revelation 4 to Revelation 19, you don't see the church. And those are the chapters, 4 to 19, is what deals with the tribulation period. If you're telling me the church has to go through half of the tribulation period, where is it? It's not there. For the people who say it's, they believe in post-trib, that the rapture happens after the tribulation period, that Christians have to go through the whole seven-year tribulation period, um, you have a big problem there. Um, the Lord's coming this way, and it's not a round-trip ticket. Um, he's staying. So how is it you're going to get to where he built those mansions? He says, I'm coming to take you that where I am, he's in heaven, there you may be also. So that doesn't fit anything. Um, all of these things um, fit the pre-tribulation rapture of the church being caught up. So, well, I know it was a lot of review, but I hope, I hope you can get that outlined down in your mind. Revelation 1.19, remember those chapters. So just, just take people there. Say, hey, these are the chapters that deal with the tribulation period 4 through 19. The church isn't there. It's described as uh, the time of Jacob's trouble, not the church's trouble. So, all right. Well, we'll uh, we're trying to do a timeline of it. So this was like when the rapture is going to take place. Um, so we'll try to now put uh, into uh, perspective. The thing is, is this. At the beginning of the tribulation period, many things are happening. Um, the rapture just before. Um, you remember like Lot. The, the days of the coming of the Lord are described like Lot. Well, when did God pull Lot out of Sodom? Um, like just before the brimstone and fire came down from heaven. Just before. Just got him out of there. It was, it was starting for mourning. The last moment. So um, if that's a clue for us, uh, the church is going to be in the world just right until the last moments. So that's part right there. Um, and, and then the, the Antichrist is going to sign the covenant with Israel. Um, so that's taking place there. At the middle part of the tribulation period, all kinds of things are happening. The two witnesses, which prophesied during the first three and a half years, are going to be killed. That's the same time when there's the war in heaven. Michael and his angels fight the dragon and his angels and the devil's cast out and his angels. That takes place at the midpoint of the tribulation period. So um, what's really difficult is trying to draw this on a timeline. It's, it's just hard to, to fit all, of it, all, all the things in. It's like, the beginning of the tribulation, a whole bunch of things are happening. The middle of the tribulation, a bunch of things are happening. Um, the end of the tribulation period, and all and th throughout the middle, all of these three different sets of judgments are taking place. Um, so we'll just we'll try to get it on a timeline as as much as we can.
for you there. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the promise that the Lord Jesus is going to catch away his church before the time of Jacob's trouble. And Lord, we thank you that your word is so clear for us to give us the picture of John being told to come up hither. And then the church not being mentioned, not through the whole detailed description of the tribulation period, the church is not mentioned. And then after John is brought back, um, then is mentioned again, the bride, that we still have a job to do. And Lord, help us to remember that we don't know the day nor the hour of the Lord's coming. And so we need to be a purified people. We need to be a people, a holy people, looking for your coming at any moment. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to get out the true gospel that the Lord Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is God in the flesh. He is the Christ. He is the anointed one. He is the Messiah. He is the Savior of the world. And beside him, there is none else. And it's only through faith in the pure and precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that anyone can have their sins forgiven. So, Lord, I pray that you would help us, encourage us, and use us, Lord. Help us. It seems like the, the time is so short. May we be faithful in Jesus' name. Amen.